How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. We have had um, this journalist on the program before, and he actually has also been on a very popular Netflix show that a lot of people are watching with Kevin Spacey uh, as the president. His name is Matt Bai, and uh, he writes for Yahoo, and he wrote a piece entitled Why It's Smart Politics for GOP Leaders to Cut Trump Loose. And this is what he wrote. Like many of you, I took a short summer vacation last week, hoping to clear my mind of politics and draw some perspective on human affairs from the calming rhythm of the ocean. I got to tell you, I did pretty much the same. A couple of weeks ago, I was blessed for my 20th wedding anniversary to go to Greece. And uh, without the kids, my uh, family watched my uh, son and daughter for a week. It was nice. And I tried so hard, and, and I asked my husband to shut off his New York Times news alert on his phone to just be away from that world. Mark, my executive producer, even Andrew, my uh, assistant producer, will often say that we all live in a bubble. You know, uh, we all live in a bubble. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a woman earlier today about, you know, what had happened administratively at Fox. We need not go further with that. And she had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, it's like big news. You don't know this, but we live in a bubble. And so does Matt Bai and many other people that write about politics, follow politics, or just political junkies. Many of you listening to me might be. He said, except that all anyone on the beach seemed to be talking about was a certain loudmouth celebrity. Now, this is interesting, too. My husband is an orthopedic surgeon. Many of you know that. Some of you don't. And I don't say that to go, oh, my husband's a surgeon. No, my husband's an orthopedic surgeon. I say that because doctors are typically Republicans. They really are, most of them. I can't tell you how many times we get calls from fundraisers, even when George W. Bush was president, to invite my husband to the White House for dinner. And when I said, uh, my husband said, I'm a Democrat, there was just that huge, quiet, pregnant pause on the other end of the line. So when my husband's in between cases, he sits in the doctor's lounge, and he hears how badly people hate Hillary, but they just don't know if they can bring themselves to vote for Trump. It seems that they hate him equally, or feel embarrassed by him, but they're still Republicans, and many of them are at a quandary or perplexed as to what to do in November, and many feel that their party has been hijacked. So whether it's a doctor's lounge, whether it's those of us in the bubble, or even Matt By trying to vacation on the beach, Donald Trump, in his name, is there. Make America great again. Well, he said there were t-shirts there. And he said kids, kids were building huge sandcastles with walls around them. The NA writes, even the clouds overhead seem to assume a certain Trumpian shape this season, like wispy comb-overs drifting out to sea. And he said it brings me no pleasure to report that Trump has achieved his ultimate goal in life and of his campaign. And what is that? And I would agree with Matt on this. He said, quote, which is to become the most unavoidable human on the planet. When it comes to his lesser objective of actually becoming president, however, success is looking more remote. There was the summer of Trump last year, right? Trump's rise and then becoming eventually the Republican nominee. 
And some would say now that we are watching the unraveling of or unwinding of Trump this summer. There have been very eventful weeks in this presidential year, any presidential year there are, but with Trump even more eventful. Trump suggesting that a gun lover might have to, in a sense, assassinate his opponent. Oh, we know what he meant. The inference was clear, even though he didn't say just that. And, of course, he managed to push that controversy aside, and he then accused the president of literally, literally founding a terrorist organization known as ISIS, which, by the way, if the president had, it would be called ISIL, because that's what he calls it. And then he said, oh, he was just being sarcastic. And then he said, not that sarcastic. And then he said he was a victim of media conspiracy. Okay? Um, so Matt By poses a question that I have pondered. I'm sure you have pondered. There are those of you listening to me that are diehard Democrats. There are those of you that have left the Republican Party and are now Democrats. There are those of you that are Republicans, those that are independent, those that do not want to associate with a political party, those that love a person like Bernie or Hillary or even Donald. But most Republicans don't seem to love Donald and don't love, definitely, the unraveling. So many of us wonder, I know I do, why do Republican leaders... In our nation's capital, in the House, in the Senate, and people who have been in the House and the Senate, and people who have even been in the White House, although got to give credit to the Bushes, why does Washington continue to stand with Trump? Daddy Bush, George W., and Jeb, not voting for the guy. Neither are his wives. One Bush is, Jeb Bush's son, but it looks like that's for personal gain. But why, why, why are Republican leaders in Washington continuing to stand with Trump. Their endorsements of him make them look morally unsound, and their endorsements of him align themselves with an individual who is largely seen, even by many in the Republican Party, as reckless and reckless for this country. I mean, don't the GOP care about their party? Don't the GOP care about the future of the party? Just strategically, if you piss off the largest, fastest growing number of people in this country, Hispanics, where does that leave you two years from now in the midterms and four years in the next presidential election cycle? Where are their spines? Now, some might say, look, Leslie, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. That is their party. And it kind of puts Republicans in a bad or even impossible position. Let's say somebody's running for reelection in the the Senate, say in a state like New Hampshire or Florida. You can't say that you're loyal to Trump, but you can't say that you're not. You actually need the votes of both the Trump loyalists and the Trump haters. So... What do you do? You got to go with your own ambitions without trying to thwart his ambitions and kind of pretend you're all on the same team. We're seeing that with Kelly Ayotte, aren't we, in New Hampshire? Uh, but anyway, Mark uh, Sanford, um, who was a South Carolina congressman, wrote a op-ed that he says, although he supports Trump, he remains deeply troubled by the nominee's refusal to turn over his tax returns. And by the way, Many of us are. That's probably the least of Trump's problems and the least of the worries of those in the Republican Party or in the voter base. Okay, but then again, when you look at Mark Sanford or you look at anybody that's concerned about his 
turning over his tax returns. Where is, and there was outrage at first, but then it stopped. But where is the outrage? And if there isn't, do we, do, do we then assume that the leaders in Washington and the Republican Party are okay, or at least sort of okay, with Donald Trump banning Muslims from this country? Are they okay, or sort of okay, with Donald Trump attacking a judge for being of Mexican descent? Are they okay, or sort of okay, with Donald Trump accusing the sitting president of the United States of America, the leader of the free world, organizing terrorists? Creating a terrorist organization. What about the hints at the necessity of political violence? What about mocking a disabled man? What about having zero knowledge about a nuclear arsenal? The list goes on. But what did he pay in taxes? That's what Sanford chose to wrote about. Paul Ryan, he's supposed to be the leader of what was the Republican Party. We don't know what it is now. Of what was the Republican establishment in Washington, we don't know what it is now because Trump has hijacked it. And there is really little revolt except for those that support Trump. Okay, if you look at Paul Ryan and if you look at Mitch McConnell and even Wrights Priebus, um, they seem that uh, they, they, they think that they don't want disunity, right? They want to be unified. Trump has, after all, brought legions of New Yorkers into the Republican fold. He's a powerful lure for people who are uh, writing checks for smaller amounts on the fundraising circuit. And I think they're just holding their breath and hoping for a bloody miracle in November. Trump is probably not going to win in November. Uh, McConnell, Priebus, Ryan. All of them look at the same numbers, the same polls, look at the Electoral College, look at the predictions, look at the history, look at the pattern, and then listen to what comes out of that man's mouth, the same as any other analyst does, okay? But is that the strategy of one of a two-currently party system in the nation looking to keep its majority in the Senate, its majority in the House, and that big seat in the White House in the Oval Office, the presidency? Remember the Tea Party? Republicans should have looked at them historically and tried to learn something, okay? And what did we learn? If you have a lot of crowds and a lot of signs and make a lot of noise, it doesn't do a damn thing unless what? People turn out to vote. Oh, sure, the Tea Party had some strength with candidates they put forth, but it was for a season. It's largely petered out. And just like people love to show, this is how many people showed up when Tim Kaine spoke or Hillary Clinton spoke. And by the way... Hillary Clinton is former Secretary of State, married to a former president, a former first lady, and a former senator. And because she doesn't do as well with large crowds, they often pick venues that don't hold the numbers that Trump does. And by the way, you keep the violence more to a minimum or the potential for it if you do that, many people would say. So people will show snapshots. Here's Trump's crowd. Here's the line around the block. If those people don't turn out to vote, it doesn't matter especially if some of them have been paid, as we've been told has happened in the past. So what Republicans should learn from the Tea Party is if there's a rebellion, but if the rebellion doesn't show up to vote in November, it's nothing but a bunch of angry voices with signs. Ron Paul's voters, they didn't become loyalists to the party. Ted Cruz supporters, uh uh-uh. And Trump's, Matt By predicts, and so do many others, won't 
either. So the question remains, why will GOP leaders continue to support Trump? Why won't they cut him loose? Wouldn't it be smart to do so? So does the never abandon ship approach regarding the GOP toward their nominee make any sense to you regardless of your ideology? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you think it would be wise and that it's time more than time? long past time for the Republicans to wise up, jump ship, and save themselves and distance themselves from Donald Trump. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, if Trump loses by a landslide in November, in addition to my having an orgasm over that, will the GOP fracture into those that backed Trump and those that didn't? The Cruises, the Kasichs versus the Pences and the Christies. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Will Donald Trump's campaign cost the GOP not only the White House, but the Senate in November as well? 888-6-LESLIE. There are still many House districts still too gerrymandered, but will they lose a significant number of seats and their big majority in the House? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now... If last year we had the summer of Trump, as I mentioned in Matt Pye wrote about, then this is the summer of Trump's unraveling and unwinding. Is this evidence by his change to yet a third campaign manager? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now that he's the nominee, are Trump's outlandish statements starting to catch up to him in a way that he didn't plan when he was up against the 17 other GOP candidates. 888, in other words, is it backfiring? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is the GOP establishment hoping that by not completely running away from Trump that somehow some of his supporters will back the Republican establishment after he loses? Because God knows who gives a crap about the people! You gotta care about the party! 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Could Paul Ryan spend every single one of the next 81 days campaigning for Trump and then still have Trump supporters walk away and looking for ways to, my forgive my pun here, blow up the status quo? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Hey, what's going to happen to Trump voters if he loses in November? If you're a Trump supporter, what happens to you if your guy loses in November? Which I hope he doesn't. It looks like he will as, as of this moment, the snapshot in time. Will they stay engaged in politics? Will they stay involved in the Republican Party? Donald Trump supposedly a Republican, and he is the Republican nominee. And will they stick around and be as enthusiastic as, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is and his supporters are with the Democratic Party? Or will they just be disengaged and further outraged and angry? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Friend of mine, yes, Dana Perino is a friend of mine, former speaker. Excuse me, former press secretary for George W. Bush. She is a co-host on The Five on Fox News Channel. And I used to debate her on the O'Reilly Factor. She might be a guest in a couple of weeks on the show. She tweeted she would not lie about this election, that the crowd showing up for Trump aren't indicative of what will happen in November, and polls are. Because many conservatives are saying, oh, don't look at the polls, look at the crowds. So are these polls accurate in your opinion? What matters more to you, the poll numbers or the snapshot of those crowds, those big crowd numbers? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And lastly, if you support Donald Trump, are you concerned that he has yet to release those tax returns? Is that reflecting poorly on him? I mean, what's he hiding? And if that doesn't concern you, there must be something. If everything he said, proposed, done, and all the rhetoric 
What does concern you about him if you're a Republican? What does concern you about him if you support him still? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Call me, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. We are back. Let's get to those calls. On line two, we are talking about the GOP and should they abandon Donald Trump. Uh, listening on iHeartRadio is Tom in North Carolina on line two. Hey, Tom, if you're near Asheville, we're on live now in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us, Tom. Good afternoon. Yeah, hey, Leslie. Yeah, I'm 20 minutes out. Asheville's the uh, the main hub around here. Um, I, Trump support... I think that uh, if you go left-right, Democrat versus Republican, I don't think that's where Trump's support is. I think that the race, and enough people are waking up to it, is against it's nationalists versus globalists. And I think Hillary represents global interests, the establishment, blah, blah, blah. And Trump is local, okay? He's for the country. And I think my three big things with Trump is I wasn't a Trump supporter. I wanted Rand Paul. I'm a constitutionalist. Okay, hold on, hold on. I got to go to break. I'm sorry, sweetie. Hang on. We'll come right back to you. We are back. We were talking with Tom in North Carolina, line two, listening on iHeartRadio. Now, Tom, you obviously are a Trump supporter because you feel that he has America's best interest at heart. Uh, But, Tom, let me ask you something. Just in the area of manufacturing, okay, just keeping it with jobs and not even getting to women and minorities, specifically Hispanics, Muslims, the list goes on. Uh, But, Tom, just with regard to products and goods, do you know that the majority of the Trump products are made in countries like China, Mexico, and Bangladesh, that he himself has profited from taking jobs from Americans and sending uh, those uh, production plants and those jobs, outsourcing them overseas to these countries. His own daughter in the dress she wore when she uh, spoke at the Democratic, excuse me, the Republican convention in Cleveland, um, that was made uh, by sweatshop labor overseas. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of that. Have you ever shopped at Walmart? No, I don't. Sh- I don't shop at Walmart. Ever? Never ever. been in there? Ever. No, not my oh, cup of tea. Wow. Well, you're in a minority, but the point is that yeah, there's all sorts of us. Uh, uh, we're benefiting from slave labor throughout the country, and we have been for years. Yeah, but, but I don't, you know what, and I don't disagree. There are some products you, you can't find that were made in America or made in a country that doesn't have slave labor. That I agree with. But if you stand up there and say China's an enemy, if you stand up and say I'm going to make America great again, and if you think one of the reasons America's not great is because our jobs are overseas and because we, you know, we don't care about the American worker, he's a hypocrite because he has shipped jobs overseas. He has profited millions, if not billions of dollars uh, on the loss, on the backs of losses of America. American jobs that have been outsourced overseas, and he gets the uh, product and the and the product made overseas, and the profits from that from countries like China, Bangladesh, and Mexico. Okay, uh, let me just tell you though, Leslie, what I believe the elections about, and what why I'm supporting Trump. There's, to my way of thinking, there's three major issues that uh, that matter. One is borders, two is trade, and three is. Uh, Nation building or the wars, okay, foreign policy. Hello? Yeah, I'm listening to you. Okay. Uh, on the borders, he's constitutional. How about we go one, two, three, you do borders, I do. I rebuke and go back and forth. Is that good? Uh, okay, okay, but let me just get my three little things. Okay, why sure. why I'm supporting them. Okay, the borders, because I believe that open borders with illegal people entering, I don't care where they're from, but they're not here legally, is unconstitutional. I believe that TPP, NAFTA, 
GATT, all of them going back to Republican-controlled Congress. I, I blame uh, Newt and the boys back in the mid-'90s. They're the ones that, that really got that thing shoved through. Is unconstitutional. And I believe that the nation-building, the empire-building that we've been involved in for 20 years since the Cold War ended is totally unconstitutional. And I think he's constitutional on those three major things. I don't care if he's making a billion bucks personally off of the system. He plays the system. I get it. Uh, yeah, he's not a Boy Scout. But on the other side, but why I say this is that he's for bringing the manufacturing and getting out of these uh, unconstitutional trade treaties that put that he has benefited from. That he has benefited, but that he has benefited from. Okay, so what? If he's against it now, and he's he had. Wait a minute. If I if I stand wait if I stand there and say don't smoke, and I've got a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. Well, you know what? Yul Brenner said that 30 years ago, and Yul he was Brenner's not running for president of the United States. Smoke. Yul that Brenner did not. He's dead now, and he and I met him years ago. He doesn't. He is not running, and never has run for president of the United States. But you get my point. Uh, Leslie, I, I hear what I hear what you're saying regarding the Constitution and regarding these issues. And this, is what, and this is what and this is what I have to say. This is what I have to say in response. Regarding our borders, uh, I don't see anywhere in the Constitution where it's unconstitutional for have, us to have open borders. I do agree. Well, it's a, wait, 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 wait a minute. When you spoke, I let you speak. And this right, is my ahead, show. Ahead, I expect ahead, the same courtesy. Thank you. Um, the borders. It is not unconstitutional to have open borders. It is illegal to cross the border illegally. One of the plans that your candidate has is to deport over 11 million people. It will never happen. We don't have the finances or we, and we don't have the people and the means. We don't have the money to pay for the gas to drive them over the border, never mind to uh, uh, fly them over the border. Secondly, there isn't going to be a wall. We don't have the money to build it. We don't have the money to man it. And it's even far, further ludicrous to say that Mexico would pay for it. Regarding trade, let's stay on Mexico. We actually have a very good trade policy with Mexico. And if you want less people coming to the United States, you want to have trade policies with countries like Mexico. Because without good trade policies, we don't have the power to, uh, to turn around, which we need to badly. I would agree with you there, that we need to offset the deficit that we have right now. We have a deficit between import and export. We obviously want to be exporting more than we're importing. That is not the case. Unfortunately, Donald Trump is just as guilty and culpable as other heads of corporations for that for that deficit for for that offset and profited massively from that and then uh and like tpp yeah he says he's against it i'm sorry today uh but it benefited him plan uh, uh, programs like tpp trade deals like tpp and he never spoke out against them in the past but he flip-flops within a day so i'm not surprised about that foreign policy he has managed to piss off an entire religion of over 1.6 billion people, the fastest religion on the planet, and a religion in which we need the countries that are of religious rule, that are Islamic countries, we need their help as part of the international community to fight not just ISIS, but terrorism, period. We need their help to shut off the money, to follow the money, to shut it down, to, to find these individuals, and to help us to stop with the radicalization of these individuals that extend into our country and extended to countries, whether they're Muslim ruled um, or not. If you can, if you cannot play nice with others, even if you may hate them, you cannot have an international coalition and alliance, and we will fail. It will take an international effort to defeat not just ISIS but terrorism 
whether it's in our, the next, or even the next lifetime. You cannot say you're just going to drop nuclear bombs. You cannot say you're going to carpet bomb innocent individuals. When at his speech the other day, he talked about weapons of mass destruction, how terrible it was that Iraqi children lost parents and limbs and that our soldiers lost limbs. Well, if you're going to carpet bomb Syria, what the hell do you think is going to happen to those men, women, and children that are already prisoners of ISIS inside that caliphate in the northwestern section of the nation of Syria? And with NAFTA, I do agree with you. It was one of the two things I disagreed, three things I disagreed with Bill Clinton on, and it did not come about just from Bill Clinton. It was orchestrated by his predecessor, George Herbert Walker Bush, and uh, Republicans did uh, push it through. So there we agree. But other than that, I disagree. I don't think Donald Trump's good for America. I think Donald Trump's best interest is himself. Okay, but uh, getting to let's let's pick apart your your last one. On foreign policy, do you have any? Do you know what's going on right now, uh, today or yesterday, in on the border of Russia and Ukraine? Yes, and and and, and and excuse me, what's going on? Excuse me. The last time I checked, Vladimir Putin was not our best friend, but Donald Trump seems to have a very good relationship with him. And quite frankly, I'm wondering what federal investigations will bring forth uh, regarding hacking uh, into certain uh, email servers in the Democratic Party. Okay, well, it's interesting to note that uh, Trump is the only one, left or right, Republican or Democrat, that's the dove in the bunch. He says he wants to sit down and play nice with Putin. And you Hillary, think, wait a minute, wait Hillary a minute, you want to play nice with a guy, you want to play nice with a guy that's defending Assad, who is killing his citizens with chemical weapons, and doing it with the Iranians. You know what, you know what, you know what? this is this is why you like Donald Trump, with all due respect to you, I feel that anybody supporting Trump and using that as an argument is being hypocritical themselves, and let me tell you why. Did you think that the deal with Iran was a good deal? Did I know? Okay, you don't trust them, correct? No, I don't. Okay, so if you don't trust them, then why would you trust them to work with them for the better betterment and benefit of Assad in Syria alongside Vladimir Putin? And by the way, you can't trust Putin with the annexation of Crimea as just one of many things, including the fact this guy used to spy on our country when he was with the KGB when Russia was the former Soviet Union. You trust a guy who's to spy on us? Uh, Leslie, let me ask you a question. Syria is a sovereign nation, no? Syria is a sovereign nation, yes. Okay, Uh, Assad was elected in that sovereign nation democratically. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you tell me exactly what business we have or what right, what authority we have to go in there and top? We're not going uh, in there. It's Republican. uh, Wait a minute. It's not. It's not. President Obama has not and does not want to put boots on the ground. It's your side who oh, wants to do that. He doesn't want to take Syria down. He doesn't want to take Assad out. Is that what you're telling me? He doesn't want to take Assad out. Oh, we definitely uh, support on, those that do. We support those now. that do. Absolutely. So you think in the United States of America, the leader of the free world, who we are supposed to be the representat- representative of a civilized nation, that we're supposed to stand by. So, for example, in Syria, because Assad is freely elected, Adolf Hitler was freely elected, um, yet he killed millions of people in what's known as the Holocaust. Should we have just shut our mouths because Germany was a sovereign nation and he was elected? Well, we did. I wonder how many how many more people would have survived if Pearl Harbor had happened earlier or if we had come into the fray without being bombed at Pearl Harbor. Do it, do it, do it. 
Let's go back to the calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Tom, thank you for the call, even though we may not uh, agree. Uh, let's go to Marco in Phoenix on line five. Uh, Marco, do you feel it would be smart for the GOP establishment to cut Trump loose? I do, yeah, because uh, then they can at least rally voters to get to the polls to quote unquote keep Hillary Clinton in check. Okay. You, so, so you think that it would reinvigorate the conservative voters to come back to the polls and save the party. Do you think it's possible right now? I mean, we are about 80 days away from the election. Is it too late, Marco? No, nothing's too late. Um, you know, we've seen tides turn as late as late September, early October for far less reasons. You know, Terry uh, was a, quote, flip-flopper on an issue nobody can remember. Well, then again, you have to remember that there are people that don't like Hillary but don't like Trump either. So if the GOP distances themselves without putting forth a a new candidate, and I honestly think it is too late to put forth a new candidate, not just to raise funds and to get their name everywhere on the ballot, but, I mean, they already have the nominee. So, I mean, how would that work out logistically? Oh, I don't mean put him on a new ballot. I, I don't mean trade Trump for somebody else. Let Trump be Trump. Vote your conscience, get to the polls, write in the candidate, vote third party. But vote so, so you think vote your conscience should be a new Republican mantra? And, and to me, <laughs> but to me, that's just that's just sort of like passive aggressive talk for um, he's our candidate, but we don't like him. So why not say yeah, that? The- why not say Trump is our candidate and we love the Republican Party? But he is not expressing the vision for the future and the values that we have had and want to continue to have as this party. Why, why, is that, why is that so deadly to do? I think some of those individuals might save their seats in the House or Senate come November if they did that. I think they're doing that to some degree. You see Paul Ryan, he's not campaigning with Trump. He's, he's he supported Trump. Wait, he supported Trump and Trump supported him. And the first time Trump said he was going to ban Muslims, Ryan came out and talked about talked against it. And every time he's been, not just with that rhetoric, other rhetoric, coming out about a judge and things like that, where, what's, where's Paul Ryan? He's crickets, silent. Right, but but in a tactical sense, you don't see him on stage together. You see him in 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 uh, at fundraisers. He's traveling around the country supporting candidates. That is an unspoken tactic move to build up down party ballots and ignore the presidential. I mean, that's that's what he's doing. When the press asks him about Trump, he's got to answer certain ways. But you don't see that. You don't see him appearing with Trump. You don't see him speaking up for him proactively. But he is out there campaigning for candidates down ballot. Okay, I hear you, but I don't think Donald Trump and Paul Ryan have to be on the same stage for the American people to know where someone does or doesn't stand with regard. As a matter of fact, I had more respect for Paul Ryan when he came out and spoke against some of the rhetoric of Trump, and then when he stopped, well, my respect went back to where it was. Oh, me too, me too. And I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. But but the best part of this argument that they can somehow keep Trump in check, they can't even keep him in check when he's running for president, and people expect them to keep him in check Keep him in check when he has the job. I mean, this guy couldn't get a, couldn't get a job as a Walmart greeter, and yet some people still think he should be president. I mean, it's 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 completely hilarious to watch, but it is what it is. But are you are you? Um, it doesn't sound like you're a Hillary supporter, but it also doesn't sound like you're a Trump supporter. Am I right in that? Are you a Republican who was angry and feel he has hijacked your party? No, no. I am a radical pragmatist who leans left on a lot of issues. But um, I decide by the issue and not by the party. 
Okay, so party aside, then, who's your candidate, or who do you vote for in November as it stands right now? Oh, my, it's not even, it's not even a decision. I mean, Hillary is by far the more qualified candidate, by far the more experienced, by far the more temperamental by far the smarter of the two. Okay, so you no, you would vote for Hillary. And the reason I ask is because when you first came on and you with your answer regarding what the conservatives should do, I love you weren't being biased. You weren't speaking really as a Democrat. You were speaking as a Democrat advising a conservative what's best for them in the Republican Party. <laughs> oh, that, that's because it's just true, you know. Like, it, and i got to say this, and I'm glad you have another. In other words, you guys would do better if you distanced yourself from your candidate, <laughs> even though we don't want them yeah, to do better. I in hear. fact... Republicans long term would do better if they dropped social conservatives as a party platform writers, because I'll tell you, some states like New Jersey would probably turn red if they dropped social issues and just stuck to fiscal conservatism. I don't want to see that happen, but there are many more voters who won't vote Republican because of all the social issues than there are social conservatives who can let the party win national vote, national contest. But that's, I mean, that's just another reality. I'm not one of those voters. I still wouldn't vote for them, but I know a lot of people who are. Who would? Okay, thank you. I appreciate uh, the call. Let's go next to uh, Michael in the Bronx, line one. Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Leslie. Um, to answer your question, I don't think it would matter any way, shape, or form, one way or the other. I mean, if you remember the song from Cornelius Brothers, the Sister Rose, back in the early 70s, it's too late to turn back now. And what's so ironic is that you, I, a whole bunch of us Democrats, we have warned about how Donald Trump is, but then we also stated how these Republicans have been behaving, and pretty much anything and everything Donald Trump's been doing been identical to how the Republicans have been um, conducting themselves for the past four or eight years against President Obama, against Democrats, against the working class. I mean, Donald Trump only just raised the bar. You know, and then now they want to distance themselves because they see themselves falling behind. I mean, I remember President Obama saying that, you know, there's some people, and he was referring to the Republicans, that got to look deep down into their hearts and souls and find out where do they stand in this nation in terms of the working Americans. As I had said, there's always a way of learning the easy way or learning the hard way. And I think now the Republicans are learning the hard way. I really feel that, you know, the White House, and I won't take anything for granted, like Hillary has said, we still got to get out and vote. But the way things are looking, White House going to Hillary, the Senate will flip back over to the Democrats. And I would not be surprised at the way how the people are getting so doggone sick and tired of the Republican hypocrisy and shenanigans that the House could very well turn Democrat, too. Let's not forget that. Well, I don't think so, Michael. The numbers are just uh, the House seats just aren't there. But um, you know, I, I, I think it's good wishful thinking, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's practical num- uh, numerically. Thank you for the call. Let's go last to Reggie in or- uh, Georgia Line Four. Reggie, uh, good afternoon. Sorry, my bad. Uh, you are now on, I think, Line Three. Good afternoon. How you doing, Leslie? Good. Um, Quick. Why didn't the GOP run away from him when he was, you know, planning on running for president a long time ago? Why did they wait till now to want to get the hell away from him instead of doing it when he was going to announce his candidacy for president? Well, I think they tried to in the beginning before he was the nominee. And then when he was the nominee, they did, you know, uh, somewhat because they thought maybe they put forth another candidate. There definitely was talk of that, Mitt Romney and some of those circles. And now I think they're quiet because they know he's the nominee. And I think they're just holding their breath and 
know he won't win in November and hoping to hold on as many seats in the uh, Senate and the House as they can. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Mark and to Andrew, all of you who listen, all of you who called. This is your show. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a great afternoon or evening.